Today's episode is brought to you by the Missouri Sign Spinners Union. Keep your job security from slipping through your hands and join the Missouri Sign Spinners Union. Seems like the wrong demographic for us, but okay. I wonder what kind of ads the Sign Spinner podcast has. Um, Those are actually considered essential also. The Sign Spinners podcast is considered essential? No, just Sign Spinners. Oh, okay. They're an essential part of the workforce, so yeah. they have to go out. You had you had me going for a second because I was thinking, wait, podcasts have to be essential too? <laughs> like, well, no. Because we never got that. Well, the thing is, if you really get down to it, podcasts are not essential. They, that's kind of their whole point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, today's episode is also brought to you by Liquid Pain Carbonated Water. Now, our listeners know... That I'm an avid carbonated water drinker. I, I mean, I throw back probably five or six a day. Um, with the highest carbonation level on the market, Liquid Pain is your go-to drink for experiencing that painful yet satisfying sensation of what feels like drinking square bubbles. <laughs> Typical restaurant soft, soft drink machines include a regulator that maxes out at around 60 PSI of carbonation. Cans of liquid pain are already distilled at twice that, but every case comes with a mechanized dispenser defaulting at 150 PSI. Attempting to simply open a can of liquid pain outright would likely result in an event similar to a small tire explosion, launching aluminum shrapnel at surrounding targets. This is why each can contains a small pressure valve at the bottom. Simply attach your liquid <laughs> your liquid pain uh, hose clamp and use the supplied torque wrench to serve up a glass. Provided the glass you're using doesn't immediately shatter from the equivalent force of 10 atmospheres <laughs> or comparable to the subcompression weather patterns of Jupiter. <laughs> Dedicated carbonated water drinkers will be able to easily adjust the modular build of liquid panes included mechanized dispenser and overclock its regulator to upwards of 250 PSI. But we're not done yet. Grab your face shield and your welding mitts. (laughs) (laughs) Because the amount of CO2 water will absorb is inversely related to temperature, meaning that (laughs) freezing your case of liquid paint in a modified meat locker supplied with liquid nitrogen before using your mechanized dispenser will allow you to reach close to 300 PSI. It's important to note that Liquid Pain does not endorse this practice, as this legally counts as making a pipe bomb. That's Liquid Pain Carbonated Water. And this is Content Academy, an edutainment podcast where we choose a topic and talk about it until there's nothing left to talk about, and then talk about it a little more, leaving no beach uncombed. And remember, still, still no going outside. We've got the content crew together, and we've got your back, so strap in on the couch today, broadcasting from the Content Academy Mobile Command Center. We have Josh. Yo. And myself. Hello. And calling in from her home in Malibu again is Georgia. Hey. So what's up, guys? And also one of our cats is in the Mobile Command Center with us. It's uh, one of the alley cats snuck in through the window. Yeah, uh, that's that's the thing. I mean, you feed them once. Yeah. That's the mistake we made. Alex keeps leaving around these opened cans of tuna. (laughs) (laughs) So guys, what's up? It's really unrelated. Yeah, that's totally unrelated. Yeah. 
Um, the cat just happens to find those. Well, the cats don't eat them, obviously. They just kind of sniff them. For cats oh, to eat okay. something, it kind of has to be, like, microscopically small. Because otherwise, they just... They appear to nibble on it, but it doesn't really look like they eat any of it. Yeah. So, um, not quite sure how that works. Um, science hasn't explained it yet. Yeah, science has yet to explain that. So, uh, yeah, um, I've got some news items to talk about real fast. <laughs> oh, so does the cat. Yeah. Um, Actually, I think we should probably listen to the cat, because he might have some cool stories. Hey, yeah. He's probably, like, from a warrior's clan. Probably. Oh, you never know. He just jumped you out. You never know. Okay, well, we might we might hear more from, from back, her, going back to her his later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, um, a Cambridge researcher has claimed that if technology continues to advance at the current rate, the first person to live to a thousand years old is alive today. This means that in the future, people are going to be boomers for over nine hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> So that can't be good. Can you uh, imagine a thousand-year-old boomer? I can only imagine. Um, <clears throat> in, uh, in other news, a Saturday night television and web broadcast organized by Global Citizen featured over a dozen celebrities and singers like Beyonce, Taylor Swift, The Rolling Stones, Lady Gaga, and Elton John, urging unity and thanking medical professionals on the front lines. The decision to keep the event apolitical made it completely worthless. <laughs> okay, so um, I've I've compiled ten things that I personally can't wait for once we're all able to go outside again, go to work, go to school. God willing, once a vaccine is developed, it's and it's safe to do things again. These are ten things that I'm excited for. Okay. Uh, Number 10. Oh my god. I think the cat just broke a window. It's it's alright. It's alright. Um, anyway. Oh wow. Number 10. I'm ready for midnight to be at 12 o'clock again. Tell me about it, man. Number 9. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, you still have to go to work and you feel that one. I still feel it. My midnight is currently around 2. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, number nine, I'm excited to be able to get the mail without having to load my slingshot. Number eight. No, hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> it's just good to do. Uh, I mean, kids are out of school, so they're kind of running around in the streets. So it's just back, you varmint. <laughs> Six feet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just got to keep it ready. In case someone breaks that six feet radius. Yes, that's right. Uh, number eight. I, I prefer to have. Um, I kind of created this. Con it's a it's a contraption that has a radius of approximately six feet. It's, uh -huh. I built it out of. Um, I basically just um, taped rulers together. Okay. You, ta you take six rulers <laughs> and you tape yeah. them together, and you get so. One uh -huh. for each cardinal direction. Yeah. And then you have like a little piece of string tying the ends yeah. together and you just hold that around you. Huh. So that kind of reminds me. Yeah. Of all... Yeah. Did I explain that 
No, that, that makes sense. Uh, no, it's like kind of something you have to put on after you leave the house, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. I, I need to make like a folding one. Though. Yeah, because you, I mean, you get in your, you, you get in and out of your car. Yeah. So it makes it kind of, do you have to just make a new one every time or? Uh, I've gone through a few. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, okay, moving on. Number eight, I'm excited for clothes to have more than one purpose again. Number seven, uh, I'm ready. Wait, explain that. So right, okay, George. So right now, clothes only have one purpose, and that's to um, have something on your body. That's the only purpose yeah. that they have right now. Fashion is has completely gone out the window. Ah, uh, I see. Are you starting to see what I mean? Yes. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. No, I just I've been living that way. I just didn't realize it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Number seven. I'm I'm ready for people to stop riding their motorcycles. That's a big one. Um, people are desperate for any kind of adrenaline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, people want to feel alive again mm -hmm. yeah uh, number six i'm excited <clears throat> i'm excited because playing guitar is more fun when it's procrastination rather than practice so i'm kind of excited for that uh <laughs> it doesn't really have the same entertainment value as it once did uh number five i'm excited for um i'm excited for my ex's apocalypse nesting behaviors to die down grace if you're listening you're a psychology major so you should know that you don't actually like me Aww. number four what are the nesting behaviors <laughs> it's basically just texting oh um but yeah watch out for more uh number four i'm excited for smooth jazz to come back it what? Where did it go? That's that one's kind of self-explanatory. Number three, and this is actually, this one is actually something I'm not excited for, and that's seeing my boss. She's one of those the flu is worse kind of people. Ooh. So, <laughs> oh. um, number two. Boomer. Yeah, <laughs> number two. <laughs> I'm ready for college to be a ripoff again. <laughs> you mean it's not? And uh, number one. I'm excited to see my family again. Aww. Aww. Now, it's time for a very special part of the show. And that part of the show is the Georgia Report. This is, we're going now to Georgia with the Georgia Report. Live, oh. from, live from Malibu, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's not what we call it, but that's right. That's what we call okay, it. Okay, so, okay, well, you can call it that. That's fine. So, um, my report today is addressing a stereotype of why are abandoned insane asylums considered haunted? Man. Um, and right, because automatically you, you like to mm -hmm. see an old abandoned yep, haunted. asylum. Yep, haunted. Yep, haunted. Definitely 
extremely haunted. Exactly. You know, yeah. Big haunted vibes. You always think that. Yeah. Big haunted vibes. And of course, you watch yeah, movies. So, like, where did all of that start? Yeah. Why do we have that opinion in our subconscious? Mm-hmm. So, I did a little digging. Okay. And um, found some interesting articles, um, a lot of them in some psychology publications, including Psychology Today. Okay. As well as some um, ghost hunting publications as well. Oh, okay. Um, so, got some, had to kind of take two pieces of a puzzle and put them together into, you know, what could kind of be one puzzle. And that's so really, like yeah. A little kid puzzle that's got the four pieces uh-huh. you know, and then you put it together and it's, it makes a big All corners. Kind of Wait, corner. yeah, I think we actually have one that's of right. those. That's in right. In the, uh, well, well, we have kind of a makeshift Joshi's Corner in the command center. And I think we actually have oh, one of those. yeah, it's like that. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's the kind of puzzle where it's wooden pieces and each piece has a little peg that you hold on to. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. really so much a puzzle, really. It's just yeah. like a diagram or a picture with smaller pictures mm-hmm. that are the pieces that you have to put in the right yeah. sections. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking the main, about. The main point is the when little pegs do... on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I don't. I don't really. The Georgia report is kind of new. We don't. I don't really know your rules about it. Yeah, we may need to come up with like some kind of hand raising system or whatever. <laughs> uh, maybe, okay, that remains to be seen. Maybe. That doesn't anyway. even work with Joshy's corner, so I don't see why it would. Well, work some, sometimes either. I'm a little lax, but that's beside the point. <laughs> anyway. No, this will just be. Um, Total free for all. Got it. A bit of an educational bit of our. Okay, cool. Educational uh-huh. podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, did a little digging on why we, on, first of all, uh, insane asylums. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, they started in antebellum America. So, um, post war, post Civil War America. Okay. Um, is when they were really becoming massive. Um, but really, uh, it was even kind of before that that they, uh, that a couple of them started popping up. Um, a big a proponent of insane asylums was Benjamin Rush, who was one of the mm. signers of the Declaration of Independence, oh. uh, famously stolen by Nicholas Gage. Mm-hmm. Um, he, what was it called? Uh, National Treasure. That's right. In the documentary. Yeah. And also National, National Treasure. Treasure Book of Secrets. Documentary. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. True story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Benjamin Rush, kind of ahead of his time, he believed mental illnesses were uh, caused by actual physical ail- ailments, like mm. actual problems in your brain, mm-hmm. like like with your blood and stuff like that. Mm. So he was kind of ahead of his time. Kind yeah. Of kind of right, so but for the wrong reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. He was like, okay, these people are suffering. It's not because they're possessed. It's like, oh, they just got brain problems. Yeah. And he feels sorry for them. Yeah. So he was kind of a proponent of getting the whole thing going. Um, and even then the word asylum comes from the Greek phrase uh, meaning without the right of seizure. So it mm. implied a place of safety and refuge. Yeah. So uh, with public asylums, uh, Benjamin Rush being a reformer, he advocated that um, places who, or people who were suffering from 
illnesses, needed places of healing and security. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, the aim was to return these people to society where they could be productive citizens again. Mm-hmm. So that being said, there was this kind of weird dichotomy of liberties being taken away so that they could be granted again. Um, mm. Almost like a prison sort of yeah. reality. Like you had to um, incarcerate these individuals so mm-hmm. that they could rehabilitate and become better again. Yeah. So there was some kind of uh, uh, pushback against that as well. Uh-huh. But eventually, asylums became popular tourist attractions. I couldn't find oh. when exactly that started or huh. whose idea that was. Yeah. But visitors were welcome because... Um, these places counted on tax dollars. Oh, and I see. so any extra money, mm-hmm. it was great. And so most of the time they kept these buildings really beautiful, uh, like with pleasing architecture uh-huh. and stuff. So that's where we get all of these huge grand buildings and stuff oh. like that. Yeah. Um, but of course people were also wanting to see the quarantined insane. Yeah. Um, even Charles Dickens visited some in America wow. in the 1840s. I think the so. the ornate architecture is a key part of the haunted vibe. Oh, yeah. Too. It only adds to that. And we'll get into that. We'll get into that yeah. because that, it, it might kind huh. of play into it as well, actually. Huh. Um, so around the 1840s is when stuff really started getting um, kind of crazy mm-hmm. uh, because... People started to speak out about their experiences, uh, especially women, because they, um, women were often locked up in these um, asylums. Mm, you know, yeah. The guys that they were going to, like a boarding school, you know, or you know, they were they was seen as a way of control, like to control women who were out of line as for their time, essentially. Yeah. So those people started speaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it really started to hit the fan in 1845 when some uh, numerous publications came out, namely in uh, one from Poe, hmm. and that was called The System of Dr. Tarr and Professor Feather. Um, and a lot of these fictional horror bestsellers had to do with, um, you know, terrible asylum masters and uh, the asylum secrets inside being yeah. mistreated and man it sort of grew from makes there, a lot of really. makes it a lot of sense there. yeah yeah and that isn't to say that like people were not mistreated inside the walls of these places uh-huh. um, there's enough evidence out there to say that there was some atrocities that happened in mm-hmm. places like these huh. but why yeah. then you know that being said why do we still consider so many of the abandoned ones haunted? Yeah. You know, why why do places like that get a bad rap? Huh. Um, the most haunted place in Amer- in America uh, is the trans is considered to be the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, which mm-hmm. closed pretty recently in nineteen ninety four. It's mm. still open for tours and stuff, but it yeah. closed its doors of business and quit treating people like yeah. ninety four. So it's kinda recent. So um, I, I did some research, came up with a couple theories on why places like these um, become haunted or why they're considered haunted. Hmm. Okay. One would be the spontaneous apparitional trace theory, uh, which okay. is interesting. S-A-T-T. Uh-huh. Yes, you may have heard of it. Yes, you may have heard of it before. Uh-huh. But essentially, um, people who are undergoing serious trauma, even 
deadly trauma. Mm -hmm. um, they're sending out these distressed signals yeah. to people that they have a mental link with. Uh -huh. So think about like there's you know a child who is um, being mistreated mm -hmm. and silently pleading for maybe their parent or a sibling or something mm -hmm. like that. That silent plea is still lingering mm -hmm. inside the place of wherever it's happened. And mm. that's kind of a theory that also goes along with um, like battlefields where they haunted yeah. um, or places where murders have taken place. Yeah. There's all these silent distressing pleas yeah. going out into the ether and uh -huh. they stay there. So there's all these emotions uh -huh. hanging there in the air, and some people can pick up on those. Uh -huh. um, so that's a theory. Hmm. And then kind of going along with that, it's a little different. It's called the stone tape theory, mm -hmm. which goes back to Josh's point of all the ornate architecture. The stone tape theory says that ghosts, or what we consider ghosts, are nothing more than recordings that have been etched essentially onto the walls or stones or rocks, whatever it might be, of a place. And then they're essentially just replayed like a gif. Mm -hmm. And that's what we see or hear or, you know, smell or whatever sense. Picks yeah. Up is wow. Recording. So you're saying huh. ghosts yeah. are just looping MP3s? Pretty much. Essentially. Yeah. 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 And huh. they're, and they're, they're harmless. Uh -huh. They're just recordings. Huh. What? Yeah, is that so? Is that yeah. MP3 or what kind of format? Like, does it say? Does it say anything about like? Is it lossless or? <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I didn't huh. really find anything about like if you need to compress a file. Yeah. Or, like, the because storage, un unless they're bouncing at a. Half. Yeah, unless they're bouncing at a twenty-four bit rate, I think the scariest part would be the artifacting. Okay, it's hard to know what we're dealing with. Uh huh. I think another scary thing, though, is like a lot of these ghost sounds, they kind of sound like, um, you know, these really um, lame SoundCloud artists that just like slow down an MP3 oh, yeah. a thousand yeah. times. Yeah. Hmm. Oh. So. So really, what do you call that theory, really, I, I call that the ghosts were actually the first SoundCloud hipsters theory. I don't. Um, I mean, maybe shorten that a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, on a serious note, I don't think this that this uh, tape theory um, uh, really. I, I I like that. If I may, I like the SATT theory before because surely people experienced hauntings and ghosts before. Uh, tapes were invented, right? Oh, yes. There's reports of hauntings go back to, like, I think Pliny himself wrote, like... Oh, the, the elder? Uh, like, the first... Yes. Huh. No, the younger. Who do you think of? <laughs> you never hear about Pliny he the like, younger. Huh. Yeah, what did he do? But, uh... Oh, Pliny the younger was actually a lawyer, so he did make something with him. Oh, okay. Oh, but, he went to uh, Cornell or no, something? No, Pliny the elder had... Pliny and Pliny? <laughs> That's right. Uh, I think he had the Plenty first like, written ghost story. Uh -huh. Oh. Huh. So this tape theory... So let's it... go back to, like, the, you know, 60s AD. Mm-hmm. Huh. Around about the 60s, 80s AD. So it may be a possibility 
that uh, these these cassette tapes. Uh, I mean, am I getting this right? It's like cassette cassette tape, like waves or vibrations or whatever. They get stuck to um, ornate architecture, kind of. Well, then, any architecture, essentially. Oh yeah. yeah. And then you can yeah, so, like pick I them said, up I don't through know the storage rates different, you know. Yeah, but they get picked up through the little ghost hunting devices, I guess. I don't know. I didn't go can... that far and that's kind of like, you know that would require research into ghost hunting devices and what exactly they're picking up. Or you can exactly. just kinda hear them sometimes. Well, you have to be attuned. You have to have a sensitivity to these things. Oh, possibly, yeah. Huh. It's because they're projected in the form of energy. Uh huh. So you yeah, know, you have some kind of ESP yeah. to pick up on it. Well, um, I feel like I feel like people don't really know about that that kind of thing because, well, think about how um, you're somehow able to feel like somebody's looking at you even when you can't see them so there must be some kind of uh some kind of energy that you're able to uh like pick up right pick up on yeah and that goes back to is it just a matter of psychology is this apophenia are mm -hmm. we searching for things that aren't really there um or is there something there mm -hmm. uh and that's kind of the question, you know, are we just searching for things we want to see? Yeah. Does a widow see, you know, an apparition of her dead husband because uh -huh. that's what she wants to see? Uh-huh. Well, I think or it's... Or is it yeah. actually her dead husband being like, yep, I'm okay. Yeah. Well, let's know. I think well, that, good. Yeah. The truth is probably a combination of theories. Uh, right, like you have to be willing to see it in order for it to happen. Uh-huh. And it's, it might be happening right in front of you but if you're not ready to uh -huh. see it you're not gonna see it but in a sense if that is true does that make that any less real than if ghosts were how we imagine to be from movies and books who's to say who's to say I mean, who's to say because reality is what it's a simulation that we're making in our brain uh-huh so, essentially whatever's happening in your brain who's to say it's any less real yeah mm. the plato's cave allegory of course yeah and there's the thing with, so on and so with forth. the tree or something yeah we in there somewhere to, you know, retread stuff so we've already you know been down we all know about mm -hmm. all this of course but well we had the 11 episodes on the cave uh the, well we had the plato's cave theory episodes but that, well, that was actually, I guess the those that was an arc during the Charlie Puth era. But yeah. uh, and that was plus that was mostly about the Mumford and Sons song, The Cave. We we kind of yeah we kind of spun that thread into yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was that was of course after well we were trying to uh, we were trying to chase the high coming off of the D and D episodes, um, where. Um, well, of course, we don't need to. T we need. We don't need to talk about that. Of course, sure. you've all you've all listened to those uh -huh. multiple times, I'm sure. Yeah, but uh... and the paintball episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, any, anyway, yeah, uh, Georgia. This is all very interesting. Do you have anything else to say? What else you got? Uh, 
researching it to also be incredibly interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, a lot of cool theories to think about. Uh huh. As far as you know, how real are ghosts? Uh huh. If they're real at all, and yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was, it was interesting. It's very interesting, huh. and I encourage anybody listening to keep an open mind and think about what you think regarding ghosts and the paranormal, mm-hmm. and just give it a good hard look. If anything, it'll just be entertaining. Yeah. Well, also, at best, yeah, come away maybe a little bit more informed. There you, a little there bit you go. Yeah, yeah. I think ghosts are just um, time travel related. Okay. It's like someone in the past, like a fragment of their voice, travels to the future, and we can hear part of hmm. it. What do you think about that, Georgia? So you're kind of taking a couple of theories and like smush them and mm-hmm. smush them. No, this is its own thing. Together, right? Well, oh, you. Okay. Okay. That's kind of how. I mean, you could if you. That that's kind of just a way of describing the other two theories no, we talked no, about. No, it's, 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 it's time, its own thing. And it's time, actually pretty smart. <laughs> is there a time machine even involved, or because no, I mean, there doesn't need to be. All right. Okay. So you're saying you could hear stuff from the future and the past. Just I, the past. I don't know about the because future. Is like, I guess it could be. If it were the future, well, then everywhere would be haunted, right? Cyclical. At then, some point. You know. That That's is true. true. Time is a flat circle. Yeah. Well, what if it it's like... Be, you know, experiencing this all at once. Well, what if, like... Well, I guess, I mean... Yeah, maybe if you're changing the batteries in your clock, and it's, like, on your table or something, but is it, does it still count if it's, like, hung on the wall? Is it still, like, a flat... I guess. It's just kind of on a different... Well, they, they haven't made spherical clocks yet. You're right. Yeah, so, so time kind of has to be a flat circle. <laughs> yeah. I have seen some square... Like, there's wristwatches that are square. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. What about... Well, where do you, like... Where does, like, the sundial factor into this? Calling I guess a, the shadow is still kind of... Calling it a flat of... circle is a bit redundant because circles, by definition, are flat. Yeah, I mean, you don't say it's a a flat spheroid. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, Maybe it's it's flat in the sense that it is flat. (laughs) Flat is not. It's uh, not sharp and it's Uh not natural. Yeah. So it kind of depends on what (laughs) key. It kind of yeah yeah (laughs) yeah. well, Josh, you really got to write down these theories. Sometimes. I know, yeah. yeah. So, like, huh. in, in the key of D... If you, well, if you have two sharps... In the key of yeah. D, G would be flat. So. Uh-huh. Well, that depends on the intonation and also the motivation. But... Uh, yeah, that's true. Anyway, um, so does that... Georgia, does that about wrap up the Georgia Report? It do. Okay, cool. Well, this has been the Georgia Report. Um, now, back to... <laughs> <laughs> it's not that long. Back to the Content Academy Mobile Command Center. Uh... Well, it's, it, I, once it gets going, I can't stop it or anything. Okay, cool. <clears throat> now we've got a lot more Content Academy coming up. But first we need to put on our thinking caps and grab a magnifying glass because we've got a mystery on our hands. Where is this mystery, you ask? Well, where else? Other than Puzzle Alley. God damn it! Okay, hold on. Hold on. 
corner. Where All is right, this so mystic? Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Where else is, is this? Isn't like walking across your keyboard? Uh, no, I just push push the wrong button. Okay, <laughs> hold on. Now just yeah. Okay. Uh, Wait. Is it Chandler messing with the soundboard? It could be. Chandler is in the wires. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Any. Okay. Any. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Um. We've got a mystery on our hands. Where's this mystery? Mystery, you ask. Well, where else other than Puzzle Alley? <laughs> no, <hold on. laughs> no. Okay. This is. A... Okay. I know what key it is. I know what key it is now. I could sing it. Uh, I think it's this one. Okay, here we go. Okay, first try. Keeping with current events, this week's Puzzle Alley is archery themed. There are two. (laughs) There are two archers, both capable of perfect accuracy. Archer one is shooting at a target with the numbers 5 and 1 on it. Archer number 2 is shooting at a target with the numbers 7 and 4 on it. Scoring happens in a series of rounds, and the first archer to get a score of exactly 35 will win. Now there's a little wrinkle here. Each archer has a target that will multiply their score by 3 if hit. Which archer can win this competition in the least amount of rounds? So, they have two targets each, right? You can think of you can think of the multiplier target as the bullseye. What does the multiplier do? It will multiply their score by three if hit. By three, okay. So each archer has two targets. Each archer has one target. Let's say if they hit the bullseye, it multiplies their score by three. And there are, there are two rings around each target, um, depending on which archer it is. They have different numbers. Archer 1, the second ring has a 5, and the third one has a 1. And Archer 2, the second number is a 7, and the, the third one is a 4. Now, they're both they're both perfect, perfect, perfectly skilled archers, so they can hit any, any, any target they want. At any time at any they want. Time. Yeah. And so you're trying to get to 35? 35 without going over. Okay. Oh, so it's like... It's like blackjack. blackjack. It's kind of... It, this is kind of something that top-level archers do. It's it's kind of like a, a fun, different kind of game mode. Oh. It's called blackjack archery. What happens if you go over? Mm. Do you go bust? If that you go fun. over, um, you have to give up archery. I think, you, oh, okay. I think you have to do that thing where the one person has, like, an apple on his head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Now, of course, the other one is a perfect archer, so they're just going to hit the apple. Now, isn't there something it's in, still pretty scary, something though. in blackjack called, like, you can split or something? You can in blackjack, not in archery blackjack, okay. though. What if you split the arrow, though? Okay, now hold on, because I need to rewrite this puzzle alley. I didn't take that into account. So, off the top of my head, I'm thinking archer number two can get to 35 in four arrows by hitting the seven, 
and then the multiplier, and then two more sevens. This is my math checkout, Georgia. So seven, you're, you're hitting the seven? Mm-hmm. How many times? Seven, uh, and then the multiplier times three for 21. You're at, you're at 21. And then the seven two more times. So four arrows total. And that, yeah, so that's 21 plus 14 to 35. Right. Four arrows. Okay. So for the first archer with the five and the one and the times three, then we could do like... You could do the five twice uh, and then the multiplier for oh, 30 so and then one more. Times three. So that's four, four arrows again. Because hitting that multiplier is multiplying whatever the base score at that time is, right? Yeah. That's the way I understand it anyway. Whatever your score is before you hit it, it multiplies that number. Okay. So, okay. So then, yeah, if we did 10, well, hmm. So you could hit the five twice and then hit the multiplier. So then you have 30 and then, well, you'd still have to, yeah, and then you just hit the five again. Yeah, it's the same amount as the other one. Yeah. Yeah, so that's also a four. So one of them needs to be able to do it in less than four arrows. Presumably. Right? Is that the is that the end goal? Well it's whoever can do it in the fewest amount. The question is which archer can win the competition in the least amount of rounds? Shoot the seven. <clears throat> I don't really see a way that the four ties at anything. You? Well, I was just trying to work that out actually, because if you did, if you hit the four twice, you'd end up with eight, then hit the multiplier, you end up with 24. But then if you hit the seven, you're at 31. Yeah, and we're already at three at that point. Right. Hmm. I think they can both just do it in four arrows. I can't think of another way to do it. Unless they were like one archer decides to hit the the other person's target. <laughs> yeah. 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 One archer just shoots the other one... archer in the face. Yeah. Is that in the rules? One arrow and it's done. Because I take one arrow, one well placed arrow, and you are a winner. Which archer is Haruki? <laughs> <laughs> we have abandoned out. the light narrative elements from the previous puzzle alleys. You have. <laughs> Yeah, that's a better way of putting it. <laughs> Haruki's still out there, and he's uh, still creating problems. <laughs> he never, he never did it. anything wrong. It's all yeah, you guys. I agree to disagree. <laughs> he's the one who infected all those Olympians with the virus. That's not true. They they were already at risk of being infected. All the 
the rig you did with your help is simply test all of them. Okay, give us the answer. So the answer is that it's a tie. Yes. However, for for extra credit, if one archer had access to both sets of targets... Oh, now we're talking. How, what, what's the least amount of rounds he could win the competition in? So now you've got five, one, seven, and four in the multiplayer. Hmm. I think... So if you hit the seven and the four, you end up with 11. Hit the multiplier, you get 33. <clears throat> No. Shoot. You could hit... I think you'd have to do... Well, the 7 times 3 is the biggest jump. Before before adding... Well, you could do... Hit the 5 and the 4 for 9. Hit a multiplier. So that's what, 3 arrows... And then hit the four twice. I will get you to thirty-five. I don't. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's a way to get to thirty-five and only three arrows. What do you think, Alex? What's? What do we got? What do I think? It's up to you guys. Hmm. I think you would have to do like a Robin Hood type thing where you shoot multiple arrows at the same time. <laughs> I mean, just to be safe. Yeah. Well, George is actually correct. It does. It actually takes more arrows. Uh, unless, well, unless you count, because, for example, if the archer simply uses the four arrow solution, even if he has access to both targets. You could still do it in four by doing the uh, the method you guys came up with earlier for yeah. the solution to puzzle one. But right, so then you, if you want it, wanted, would be pointless if you had to use both, it would the the shortest possible solution would jump up to five, like Georgia said. Oh, I see. so good job, guys. Sweet. Now, without further ado, nice. it's time for Joshi's corner. Uh, there we go. Got it. Hey. Joshy's Corner. <laughs> All right. So, um, just a quick Joshy's Corner this week. Okay. Um, I'm going to be pretty relaxed on the rules, I think. Oh. Okay. Um, now, that doesn't mean you just do whatever you want. Oh. Okay. But we're going to be a little more forgiving. <laughs> okay. Any questions before we start? Um... What are the actual, uh, like, are the actual consequences of not following the rules that you go to Joshi's Corner, Joshi's Corner's timeout chair? Funny you should ask. (laughs) I have been thinking about this. Uh I think, I think there should be different levels of consequence. Oh, okay. So one consequence would just be, um, to wear a Joshi Corner hat, (laughs) which is, of course, a tricorn hat. (laughs) Yeah. And it says, um... Um, it's, it'll say something on it, something to let other people know yeah. that you kind of weren't taking Josh's corner seriously <laughs> yeah. that week. Yeah. And you do have to wear huh. it the whole week until the next Josh's Oh, corner. wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Huh. 
And if you take it off at any point, it kind of makes a little buzzing sound. <laughs> huh. Okay. So, think carefully. Oh. Um, uh, okay. That next tier of consequence... Wait, so that's just tier one? That's just tier one. Oh. <laughs> and that triggers when you get six demerits. <laughs> just out of curiosity, how many are Georgia and I at right now? Uh, you haven't seen the... The, I've been keeping track. Oh. It's on the, the score sheet in the kitchen. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think no, you're I'm at... Not. Well, I think you're at actually um, four four black stars. Oh. And to get a demerit, you need five black stars oh. per oh. demerit. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, Georgia has 27 black stars. <laughs> <laughs> so she currently has... Um, let me think. No, five. hold on. Five demerits <laughs> and two black stars. Wow. So you're getting close. So watch yourself. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Huh. Anyway. Right. Yeah, just three, just uh, three, what is it? Yeah, three more black stars and you yeah. will have to wear the Joshi Corner hat. Huh. Okay. How am I getting black stars? And that's just tier one. Which sounds awesome, but I guess they're not. <laughs> Yeah. Black Stars, no relation to the David Bowie album. <laughs> um, that's just kind of what I came yeah. up with. Because yeah. it's the opposite of a gold star. The judging system is completely oh. subjective, and it is all up to me. And it's based on oh. both of your performance. It makes sense, in that though. corner. Oh, okay. Huh. But um, the other the other consequences I haven't really come up with yet. Yeah. I mean, they those consequences would only trigger at, like, uh, 20 demerits after you 50 hit demerits. yeah okay so where those are a long ways off so your demerits don't just get reset when you no it's a lifetime tally at, oh so there's no kind of repeals process no and once you I mean, you can't go back either so once you have once you've done the hat uh -huh. consequence you will never have to wear it again oh okay but at the expense of having to face the worse and worse consequences. Right, yeah. Okay. They just keep adding up cumulatively. <sighs> anyway. So this week... <laughs> all that aside, <laughs> this week I wanted to share with everybody my uh, quarantine home workout routine. Oh, okay. And so this is just something that I kind of put together um, using everyday items that most people have kind of around their house okay. or around their mobile command center. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... The materials you will need are um, as follows. Uh, kettlebells, assorted weights, uh, the Top Gun soundtrack, <laughs> a step counter. This can be like a um, fitness watch okay, or, a okay, or something yeah, yeah. or an Apple watch or just a step counter. Okay. Or if you're really hardcore, you could just use one of those counting devices. Oh, okay. You just have to count, click it for each step. <laughs> yeah. It's kind yeah. of hard. Yeah. Uh, you also need um, one copy of the Trouble Board Game. <laughs> And ideally, you want two or more of these. Oh, okay. But, um, we'll see why. Is that in a no. moment. Yes, Alex. Uh, Thank is, you for raising your hand. By the way. Is the trouble board game the thing with the little like dice thing? Yes, that you it does pop? have the dice yes. popper. Okay. That will come in. That will. Okay. Cool. cool. Yeah, that will be very important. Okay. Uh, you also need a sack of coins, <laughs> a small paper cup, okay, a six foot bullwhip, and a ream of computer paper. Oh. Okay, all right. Okay, so the first routine is you're going to hold kettlebells in each hand and, um, well, hang on, back, go back one step. Okay. okay. You want to start the Top Gun soundtrack. <laughs> 
um, and then pick up the kettlebells because okay. you wouldn't be able to start it with the kettlebells yeah. in your hand. Yeah, okay. Well, I guess if you had like, well, Alexa or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Hey, Alexa. Yeah. Um, so holding the kettlebells with the Top Gun soundtrack running, you want uh -huh. to run in a small figure eight pattern. Okay. Um, and the reason for the figure eight pattern is um, that's so that, like, if you're just running in a circle, uh -huh. it would really only work out your outer leg. Oh, okay. So figure eight lets you work out both legs. Oh, okay. And I'm assuming most people won't have a lot of room to run around, mm -hmm. so that's why it has to be, you know, in a small, I see. small figure eight pattern. I see. Um, you want to do this until the Top Gun soundtrack ends. <laughs> and at that point, you want to check your step counter. So whatever amount of steps that you have, you want to convert that into cents. So like say you made 400 steps. Uh -huh. That is now 400 cents. Okay. So $4. Uh-huh. And now the next routine you want to do is this this will kind of train your dexterity uh -huh. and your coordination. Okay. So using your toes, you want to place coins in the paper cup <laughs> until you reach the total from your steps. <laughs> Wow. That makes sense okay. to you guys? Yeah. Huh. So you're kind of kicking yourself the better you do on the Top Gun routine. Yeah. I, you yeah. could look at it that way. Yeah. It's just more opportunity for improvement. <laughs> no pain, no gain. I guess so. So once you're done with that, uh, you want to pick up the kettlebells again. Okay. And then now with the kettlebells in each hand, you want to use your foot to pop the troubled dice popper. <laughs> and that will give you the number of reps to do curls. <laughs> Like so, the dice readout? Yeah. Okay. So the reason you would want two trouble <laughs> dice poppers would be to do higher reps. Okay. Because uh -huh. really, you do, doing reps of six, I mean, it's fine. Yeah. But if you're doing kettlebells, if you only have like five pound kettlebell, uh -huh. six reps really isn't going to do much. Yeah. Huh. So you couldn't just roll it twice. You have to have two different well, ones. Well, but then you'd have to remember what it the last <laughs> That's roll true. Was. That's true. And, and I already... Mind, yeah. Keep in mind you have kettlebells in each hand, so you can't be writing down. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of already forgot what the example number dice roll you said was, so that really um, goes to show why you need two. Yeah, and I mean it could be a one, so like. Yeah. So, huh? Anyway, keep going. Okay. So the next routine, you want to find the biggest cupboard in your home and try to fit inside of it. <laughs> now that's going to test your flexibility. And uh, really your determination, too. Okay. You may have to, like, take out shelves inside of it. Yeah. Now, if you're a larger person, no shame, you can also use a closet. Yeah. Or a refrigerator or a garage. <laughs> garage. Just try to fit inside your garage. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, it, maybe if you're not a very tidy person, that could actually yeah. be very hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, and finally, um, for the last routine, and I know you're probably wondering, what's the bullwhip for? <laughs> this is why. Um, so you're going to want to fold a paper airplane, throw it, and then hit it with your whip <laughs> in midair. And you want to try to do two of these per minute. <laughs> okay. So you want to fold really quickly. Now, this kind of oh. trains a lot of different things at once. <laughs> It obviously trains your skill with a bullwhip. Um, it trains your finger dexterity in folding the different paper airplanes. Mm -hmm. And it tests you intellectually coming up with the best paper airplane design that yeah. can be folded the fastest. Huh. 
and yeah. flies straight so it's not too hard to hit with the bull whip. Yeah. Huh. Well. Yeah. So that was the last routine. Um, so it's five routines. Mm -hmm. You can do this in, you know, five, ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Huh. Maybe you can. I don't well, know I've been doing me this for a while. Or, yeah, or yeah. listeners. I can do like three and a half of the paper airplanes per minute. Yeah. Now, now are you? Do you kind of experiment with different? Well, I should say when you designed this routine, were you experimenting with different with with different paper airplane designs before settling on the ideal one? Well, I actually found that it's fastest to just kind of crumple up the paper and throw <laughs> it. Now, do you throw it with one and then whip it with the other hand? Yes. Okay. Yes, you do. Okay. Because that also trains hand dominance too. Yeah, that's true. Huh. Mm -hmm. Wow. If I guess if you were really strong and confident, you could throw the kettlebell <laughs> and try to break that with the bullwhip. I haven't tried that. Or alternatively, throw the taper airplane as usual and then throw the kettlebell at it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's maybe once we're able to go outside, you yeah. can kind of do that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So let me let me know um, what you guys think of that routine mm -hmm. of my home workout routine. Yeah. Um, come up with your own routines too. Yeah, or kind of your um, modifications to the Joshi's Corner workout yeah. routine. Yeah. Now, just a question, real fast, before we wrap things up, is there a chance that next week you could drop um, Josh's skincare routine? Uh, I know there's been a lot of chatter about this <laughs> on the boards. <laughs> Uh, in my, in on my the subreddit, certainly. Yeah. yeah. In my subreddit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that's quite ready yet. A lot of the my skincare materials, the supply chain has been constrained <laughs> due to the virus. Huh. Um, I mean, a lot of these are boutique. Yeah. Um, huh. what, I forget the word for it when it's custom made for you. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Bespoke? Bespoke, yes. Thank you. <laughs> A lot of these uh, lotions uh -huh. are tailor-made specifically for kind of my skin, not just my tone, but kind of just like my uh, DNA and genetic makeup. Uh -huh. yeah. So yeah. it's not really going to apply to everyone. <laughs> yeah. Huh. But I think I could work something out that yeah. kind of applies to okay. most people. Okay. Huh. Cool. All right. Yeah, cool. So does that wrap up Joshi's Corner? Yep. Thank you for listening. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Cool. So, um, that's it for this week's this week's episode. Thank you, uh, Georgia, for calling in. Thanks for the um, great report. We may next week we may pull that thread a little more for next week's report. Um, and yeah. And until then, stay healthy, stay inside, try and limit uh, grocery trips. Um, maybe don't record any ghosts on your walls yeah yeah exactly um, and come back to bite you yeah uh, yeah so anything else you guys have to have to add before we wrap things up for this week um really I just want to say nothing I'm good oh okay Georgia any closing remarks Everybody just stay inside. Okay, yeah, pretty much. And, stay uh, inside, and uh, sorry if your house is haunted and you can't leave. Your yeah, we are sorry that would that. be bad. Uh, that yeah, would be bad. Yeah, that kind of sucks. But. Uh, 
It would be. Yeah, but anyway, until next week, we'll be here on the scene. Um, in monitoring the, the situation. Content Academy Mobile Command Center. Yeah, monitoring the situation <laughs> at the DPL. Um, and looking out for for everybody. We are on the scene here monitoring the situation. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see you next week for Content Academy. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.